Hey, good evening, everyone. We're back for episode six, right? Yes. Episode yeah. six of the Arrow episodes. Panel. That's a lot of episodes. Uh, so we're here live at Zion Arcade in San Francisco. I'm your host, Buzzard, and this here I'm, is... I'm Roger Clark, at Roger Clark on Twitter. Oh, we're doing me? Oh, uh, <laughs> Jeff Funga. And we have a special guest with us this evening. Hi, I'm Elaine, um, or Elaine Young. Oh, it's my tag, Rainies. Rainies is my DDR tag. Um, little bit about myself, my history with dance games. I think the the first time I played DDR was in 1999. Which, that um, was the year before Y2K? Yeah. <laughs> and I have it to didn't bring it up. <laughs> um, and I, I didn't really know about scoring back then. I thought doing the knee drops on a standard butterfly was, Hell like, yeah. the it was the coolest cool. thing ever. Um, so, I mean, I played it on and off, just like on, on it wasn't called standard, it was called trick yeah. back then. Mm, yeah. Um, and I, it wasn't until 2004, I saw somebody at Circus Circus. Sorry, I'm from Las Vegas. Hi, Las Vegas. Um, oh, shout outs to Sharon, who introduced me to DDR. Oh. <laughs> Um, in 2004, I saw somebody in Las Vegas play Max 300 and get a double A, and I didn't know double A was even a thing. So um, I started going there a bunch. I watched a bunch of people uh, kind of learn from them, uh, watching their form and their footwork and stuff, and that's when I started scoring. Um, took a break for a while um, from frustration, and we can probably cover that later on about <laughs> regarding progression. Um, and played ITG2 for maybe a year and a half. And then just recently I got into DDR Ace and I think in November was my first PFC. And and since then I've just kind of been like playing consistently and yeah, so. That's great. This is why we had Elaine on is because uh, tonight's episode is all about just getting better and improvement. And so Elaine's been getting a lot better lately. <laughs> And uh, I think she's at a stage in her DDR life where uh, she has a lot of useful information to share and uh, probably can relate to quite a lot of our audience, too. Yeah. So thanks for coming on. Thank really you. appreciate you thanks. being here. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> so uh, we're going to start off with uh, some news. So uh, lots more tournaments coming up. This weekend, Irvine, uh, Dave & Buster's, uh, August 5th, actually, so Saturday. Uh, we're going to be there. We're yes. going to be there. It's going to. It's a DDR Ace <laughs> tournament in Irvine, California, at the Dave and Buster's in the Irvine Spectrum. Yep. Yeah. If you're in the LA uh, area, come by and say hello. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and enter the tournament. Enter the tournament. Yeah. yeah. Too. And so uh, that's coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, another thing that's happening this weekend is uh, Girl Apocalypse, which is an all girls ITG tournament. Right? Yes. Yes. There and are ten ten girls that are competing, and it's in like timing, stamina, and something else. Well, foot, speed. foot speed, yes. Yeah. That's so they have girls from like France and Chile and all across the US. Nice. So yeah. It's pretty cool. So if you guys want to watch twitch.tv. Yeah, twitch.tv slash girlspocalypse. So that's girls with an S. Yes. And uh, yeah, and that's going to be here in San Francisco. Um, so after that, uh, there's, oh, actually, I guess Sunday, right? DDR yeah. Ace, turn another DDR Ace tournament in Orland Park, Illinois. Um, hosted by Alessandro T underscore B on Twitter, and so that's August sixth in Orland Park, Illinois. Uh, so go check it out. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on soon. This is crazy. And uh, there's also a, cool. a Prime Two Pump It Up Prime Two International Pump Fest oh, 2017 
That's going to be uh, August 19th through the 20th at Strikes Unlimited in Rockland, California. That's near the uh, Sacramento area. Um, so go ahead and check that out. Uh, I think they uh, it's on the NorCal World Order Facebook group. Uh, then, after that, uh, if anybody's going to MagWest, which is uh, here in the Bay Area somewhere, I think... It's a Santa Clara Convention Center. Santa Clara? Yeah. yeah. So Santa Clara Convention Center, MagWest, if you're going there. Uh, there, David Hua, who's uh, organized a couple of tournaments here in the past, is running a doubles community social and uh, tournament at MagWest. So go hang out there and uh, compete in the tournament if you're really good at doubles, or even if you're not good at doubles, because we encourage people to play doubles yeah. as it is. <laughs> Watch our episode on doubles and then go to MagWest and <laughs> yeah. talk to other people who like playing doubles. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Alright, so that's it for tournaments. Uh, in other news, uh, we have more things to talk about with Renon's Adventure Part 3, which uh, there's some new information that came to light recently. Uh, someone on the couch has made history <laughs> and uh, has been the first person to pass Ace for Aces on uh, Difficult. Right. And so, uh, tell us what that was like. So there was, there was a period of time where Fefem's uh, Retory and you and uh, any other American players were racing? No, it was, it was pretty much just the three of us. So how it worked was uh, basically Fefem's and uh, Retory, so everyone knows Fefem's like one of the like best, best player in Korea. Um, but Retory is actually, uh, he's got like 200 MFCs, so very, very good player, very knowledgeable. He's really good. Also like trilingual, which is amazing to me. So like I get to talk to him on, on Twitter every now and then. Echospherics. Yeah, he's at mm. Echospherics on, on Twitter. Um, and so they sort of like rented out an arcade uh, from like 2 to 5 a.m. <laughs> and uh, like pumped a bunch of credits in the machine and they were basically just trying to get to Endemion to play Ace for Aces. So. Fefems would play and Demion and Retory would like immediately fail out, um, but because he, he was playing on three X and Fefems would play on like one point two five, and then uh, if if both of you have Endemion unlocked or like you have the capability to play it, and one of you gets a nine fifty k or above on expert, then you get Ace for Aces. But both of you can get it. So even if one person fails, the other person can can sort of leech off. So Retory was trying to pass uh, Ace for Aces on three uh, X because the song's only scrolling at like two hundred. So it really, that's one of the things that sucks about going from Endemion to Ace for Aces, you have that weird speed change. Um, and you can't change your speed mod at the beginning of the song like you normally can. It's kind so, of a nice throwback to the way things used to be. Yeah, it's like, yeah. like Dance Dance Revolution Dance or, uh, or Kakume, like back in Max 2, where you were like forced on 1.5x, which is like slow for, well, it's like fast at that time, but now <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know, 1.5 for 200, that's crazy. Plus the sync of the song is actually really different. Oh, yeah, yeah, the sync is like wonky as hell. That's a whole other thing, though. Um, so basically, like they they streamed this online. It was really awesome to watch. I was like watching at my computer, um, and they like made a lot of progress. Like Retory actually got to like step four hundred sixty or something. Like like right at the stops at the very end. Spoilers for people who didn't see the chart yet. <laughs> um, and so like I was watching and like taking notes, and I was like, I really want to be the first person to pass it. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go to the arcade and I'm gonna try to pass it. And we sort of like both hit a stalemate where like they were playing and streaming and they were getting tired because they like stopped between 5 and 7 a.m. because that's when the maintenance window is in <laughs> Korea. And then they started playing again at 7 in the morning. So they played throughout the night? Yes. Actually, yeah, that's yes. crazy. And uh, like I was, I, mean, I was like feeling a little jealous because they were able to pump credits in the machine. They were, I think they rented it so there's some sort of deal. They know the text. But like I was like wasting credits to David Buster's, just like <laughs> failing egoism on normal play like a hundred times just to get to Endemion again. 
and while other people wanted to play. Yeah, yeah. I got like I was like, okay, like you guys, please play Break Free on on Basic, and I will, I will wait very patiently. Like, really want to fast it. I hope they don't fast it. So uh, it was kind of stressful. And then we both like quit for a day. Like they got tired, I got tired, and then the next day I went back to the arcade and I passed it first try. Um, which was crazy. So sleep on it. That's another. Yeah, that's I mean, maybe an advanced technique, right? Just take, <laughs> take a break. Well, I was getting like very tired at the end of my giant session. It was really impressive watching Fefems just like play Endymion over and oh, over yeah, yeah. again. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he PFC'd it like eight times. <laughs> I still can't insane. do that. And Chris is very good. Yeah. Um, and so it was. Uh, it was really cool. Like. It was a race, and it felt really cool to be a part of something that was like really worldwide and global. Yeah. Because a bunch of people were trying to pass it. Everyone was sort of like sharing information, yeah. even though in a perfect world, like you wouldn't share any information because that's like your competitive secrets. Like you get to know what all the stops and gimmicks are when everyone else doesn't. But instead, everyone was just like sharing, like streaming, and I was trying to take videos and post them online uh, as soon as I got further in Ace for Aces, so it felt nice that like, even though I was the first person to do it, it was very much a collaborative effort between like, some of the best players in Korea and like, some a player in the US. I yeah, I wonder what Konami was, was doing. I, were they watching the whole thing? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it could be. They, they're probably plugged into the DDR Twitter sphere, so... I think, uh, yeah, I think Aaron has hinted that like, some of us are followed by like Konami secret accounts. Konami accounts. Yeah, they're, they're not. <laughs> my my guess is that they uh, did not expect anyone to pass it this quickly. I don't know. Yeah, I it's, think it seems like they really designed the game to be to for this to take a long time. They yeah. probably did not expect. <laughs> so again, to to bring it back to how over the period worked, which is how we we got some of that. Like we we weren't able to participate in it necessarily, but um, in Japan and Korea for 2014. Uh, over the period was never passed on difficult. And it was also a 15, it's one of the hardest 15s. Um, Which personally for you, I remember you were very upset about that because you weren't, that wasn't in the US. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to like participate in it. I thought yeah. it was a super cool event. Like people getting, you know, Dr. D especially was posting these videos and getting like, you know, like no one could get past like the 26th step. And then all of a sudden someone did, like I think Dr. D did and got to like 90 steps. And I'm like, what? That's like three times as many steps. And so I'm like, I was freaking out and being like, wouldn't it be cool if I could participate in this, see if I could get far. And so I love that Ace Races was a thing so that I could try to yeah. like, show myself. I really wanted to be the first person to pass it. And uh, luckily I was. And then yeah. what, what happens is uh, really fun where uh, when you pass Ace Races difficult, you get Endemion Challenge unlocked. That was like the big reveal. Uh, the 19 footer. Um, people were speculating, is it going to be a 20? Uh, guess not. It's just a 19. It's, it's just a 19. Yeah. Hard. <laughs> On life 4 difficulty, you still have to max out your, uh, your heat meter and you have to play it on an extra stage and it drains all your heat meter. Um, and I, I currently have a 350,000 on it, and I am not playing it anymore. <laughs> because I can't get, I can't pass a 19 on life four. Like, I passed egoism, and that's because I know the chart, and I studied it a lot. And like- I wonder if anyone will be able to do it. It's very, you it's, know- I mean, so far it looks pretty hard. Yeah. And if it just keeps getting harder, which of course it will, yeah. like, I mean, FFMs or Chris might be able to do it if they studied it for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, my, my money's on Chris right now. I know he was trying to PFC the expert. He finally got that. 
and then I think he wants to get the world record on the expert, and then he might move over to trying the challenge. Hmm. Um, yeah, you just got to take care of business. Yeah, of course. You got to check these things <laughs> off your to-do list. You know. So, so the three hundred fourteen thousand that you have is that world record right now? Or three fifty? Yeah, I played it twice, and I got like three fourteen, and then three fifty, and yeah, that's the world record with oh. <laughs> failing grade. So I was the only person to have Ace Races passed for a long time, and then uh, so I was the only person who could play the challenge unless I was playing it with someone, and uh, then Chris like. Couple days ago, I think got Ace Brace's difficult past himself. Oh. So now he can play the challenge if he wants to. I think currently, I think we're the only two people in the world. I don't know if Femmes or Rattery have passed Ace Brace's yet. Um, I didn't see anything on I hope their blogosphere, the Twitter sphere hmm. of that happening. So maybe they did, but I haven't heard anything about it. So the race kind of stopped when you when you took it then. Huh? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they really wanted to be the first people to like reveal it or, or be the first people to pass it. Um, I know that like Fems was kind of like taking a break from VDR it seemed, and now he uh, like he was playing for that stream. Um, I maybe he just like you know had like he was like yeah that's my DDR for the month and I'm just gonna like do something else. <laughs> um, he tweets a lot in Korean, but I can't read Korean, so maybe I, if I could read Korean, I'd have a better understanding of what he was saying. <laughs> you like I see like Korean characters DDR Korean characters and Bing Translate does not do a very good job. We need some like Korean and English speakers to to give us an update on yeah. Fafem's <laughs> progress. <laughs> Well, anyway, so uh, moving on, our main topic for this evening uh, for the podcast is improvement, as I said. And so um, let's go back to you, Elaine, and let's talk about some of your recent accomplishments in uh, with DDR Ace. So you've been playing a lot lately. And uh, tell us about some of the recent accomplishments that you had. Um, just recently, oh gosh, what was it on Sunday? Sunday I got my my first uh, single digit perfect count, um, and then I followed it up with a second one. So I now have two SDPs. Excellent. Um, which was really surprising. I wasn't trying for any single digit perfects. I was just trying to ma a bunch of stuff. And yeah, um, I my first PFC was in November, and until now I've gotten forty two. So I've just been like trying to PFC as much as I can and like play as many songs as I can. Um, and I think I'm breaking into 17th, did I pass an 18? I don't remember. I think you were just passing 17th. I think 17th. So passing I've passed 17th maybe like now? maybe five or six 17th now. So that's that's where my progress has kind of gone and I guess that's... So like how, when did you start taking uh, Ace really seriously? Probably in November of last year, so I... I so less than a year. Yeah, know. less than a year. I think um, in November I started trying to go at least once a week to play. And then when 2017 started, I started going twice a week. And then there was a maybe a month or so I was going like three or four times a week. Nice. And then it's kind of dropped off like this past month. It's, it's hard to play DDR as much as you want to, because yeah. really, I would be there eight hours a day. I, I really <laughs> wish I could. I really wish I could. So yeah, that's, that's um, I've probably, just, just under a year, and this is the progress that I've made so far. What made you start taking it seriously? That's a good question. Um, I think it, it stemmed from me thinking of it as exercise. Um, and I think, when was the San Jose tournament? Oh, that was May last year. Well, there was, there was May of this year and then November as well of last year. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I think I watched the tournament and I was like, I actually could probably beat some of these people if I took this seriously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And so I started taking it seriously. And um, my goal is to like join a tournament and see how far I can go. Excellent. <laughs> Which is a great way to make progress. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like I think tournaments are one of the best ways to improve and I'm so glad that there are so many of them, especially recently uh, and with the advent of Ace. Like it's just so nice to um, like meet rivals and, and set goals and like if you, uh, like a lot of people have like top 8 or top 16 or you know want to get out of uh, you know the, the single elimination route or whatever, whatever goal you have, um, there's usually a way to integrate, like whatever your level is, you can integrate a goal into a tournament setting pretty easily I think. Yeah, so once again, stressing tournaments. Can't stress that enough. <laughs> yeah. I'm the, I don't know, I just love tournaments. <laughs> so, like, so you watched the tournament and it motivated you to, you to get good because you saw people who you thought you could beat. Yes. And is there anything that you would want to say to people who are like on the fence about entering a tournament or even going to spectate? Watch out. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think the... The suggestion that I would make is just enter the tournament because you never know who else would be entering. You don't know how well you would do against everybody else until you try. Yeah. Um, I don't. I think you have to go into it with a certain mentality. Like you, you probably know that you're not going to win. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, you know, we got Jeff, and, <laughs> Jeff, and Chris, and Sappy, and all the all yeah, the crazy exactly. good players. So, I mean, go in there and to see how well you do. You could learn, like charts that you happen to be very good at. You could find out weaknesses and stuff like that that you should work on. And there's just like so many good things that you, that would come out of entering a tournament and also supporting us doing tournaments in the future. Yeah, exactly. That's really true. <laughs> so that's a good segue, I think, into um, kind of our first topic for improvement is uh, we want to talk about deliberate practice. So deliberate practice is, uh, it's kind of like a sports thing too, but it's sort of, uh, you know, actively trying to get better, um, acknowledging your weak spots, and, uh, so, you know, like actually focusing on improving in the game. And so, like, Jeff, do you want to start us off and talk a little bit about what, what you think this means? Yeah, yeah. So I think um, it, it's really a mentality thing of, like, how you want to play the game and how you have fun playing the game. And not everyone, like... In full disclosure, like not everyone wants to like be super good at the game. Yeah. And if you are one of those people, uh, like a lot of this advice may not be great. Um, for me, like it, it, a lot of it depends on how you like to have fun. Mm -hmm. And for me, like getting good scores was fun for me. Like yes, I enjoy the arrows, I enjoy the music, and I enjoy the aesthetic of the game and everything. But for me, like seeing myself improve session over session knocking down like I, I used to take my scores printed out on a you know three pieces of paper I would staple them before my <laughs> arcade trip throw them on, in my backpack and I'd go to the arcade and I'd just I have 10 greats on this song and I'd play it I get five and I cross out the 10 and I'd write a five next to it and like that seeing being able to cross out those numbers and write smaller numbers yeah, was like yeah. my that that was like an adrenaline thing that was like endorphins everywhere um so like, if that sounds like you, then that's, like, I think practicing deliberately will help in that respect. I think even if it's not you, it's sort of like uh, a different facet of the game. That you, can kind, true, of, yeah. you can kind of play it in two different modes. You yeah. Know, you can play it seriously and try to get best your scores, and it's really fun to do that. But then you can also just play your favorite songs yeah. over and over again with your friends, and that's really fun too. That's true, yeah. They're, they're not mutually exclusive, and yeah. you can have days where you want to go really hard, and you have days where you, you know, just sort of relax and... and stay in your comfort zone. But I think 
the idea of a comfort zone is actually like the biggest trap for progressing. Um, in and I didn't really realize this until I started using score trackers and like filling out my scores and realized that when you, if you just want to play whatever, like you're going to gravitate to your the ten favorite songs that you love and you're gonna play those over and over again and maybe you'll get really good at them. But what really, like I can't stress enough and what I tell people when they ask me like, how do you get good? The fastest track is play every single song. Like it doesn't matter, you scroll over it, it sounds garbage. You hear from your <laughs> friends that it's a bad chart. It does not matter. Yeah. If you want to deliberately improve at the game, then you need to play every song. And I, like, I did this for DJ Max Technica. I was one of the best Technica 2 players uh, in the US because, and I, I had to like be goaded by my friend who was like, play every song, like stop, stop not playing every song. And I was like, but these songs are so fun. Yes, they're fun, <laughs> but there's so many other patterns and rhythms and weird things that other charts throw at you. And it's one of the reasons that no one plays them is because they're, they're bad and they're strange and they feel awkward. Yeah. But if you're able to learn how to do something a great example I have is The Reason, um, which is a song from DDR 2013, and it's got like the yellow note syndrome where like there's a stop in the beginning of the song and then the downbeats on yellow arrows instead, <laughs> and it's got like weird jumps and rhythms and just it's crazy complex and it doesn't sound like a good song, it's like a rock song, it's just weird. It doesn't fit in DDR <laughs> at all. Yeah. But playing that song, if you get good at that, you can take that skill to like... A, you know, a 10 footer that just has eighth notes in it. And you will be so much more accurate because you've already tried something that's way harder. You can bring that skill to something that's much easier. Yeah, I, I heard some people talking about it on Twitter recently. I think it was, maybe it was Noah or something like, or I think it was Noah who had someone ask him in the arcade, just like a, a random passerby was like, so are you, are you trying to predict the arrows? And like, Hearing that kind of made me realize, like, that's actually kind of what you're doing. You're kind of trying to digest as much of this information as possible. Every chart, like, every song, like, watching watching people play, um, you know, just, like, playing ITG songs, everything. Just as The more charts that you see, the more you try on e each chart, like, the next time you play, the better you're going to be at knowing what's going to come up and being able to react to it properly. Yeah. So, you know, like if you play the reason or what or something like that, there there's some weird stuff in there that like those like weird things. Yeah, and there's 30 seconds at like 98. Yeah, 30 seconds at 98. And like maybe that's the only song in there that that does that. And at some point there's going to be another one that will and then by that once you see that, then that skill will have carried over. Exactly. You know, so being able to predict the notes, that's that's kind of what we're all trying to do. Yeah, yeah and the other thing that a lot of passers-by say, I think, is like, did you memorize the songs? And I remember somebody asked me that one time, and I said, no. And then I went, well, actually, not memorizing, but there is a little bit of memory involved. Yeah, and absolutely. The, this this game knowledge, I think, of like knowing the songs... Is, yeah, it's like uh, a kind of like a digested memory. Yeah, it's a, it's a different kind of memory. Yeah, it's kind of like a... I don't know, digested memory. That's a good way to put it. I just like I want to point out that like this is it's it's a zero sum game for me anyway of like uh, how much fun I'm ha like how much casual I'm playing with like how much I'm going to improve and like it's up for everyone to decide where on that like like spectrum they want to fall 
but like one thing I try to recommend if you're if you're sort of getting in the trap of like playing the same songs over and over again and not improving, I would recommend, especially on something like DDR Ace where there's so many songs that are brand new to people, every set play one thing you've never seen before. And like play your favorites, but one song. Give yourself one brand new sight read. Not only do you get the lamps, which are nice, I love the lamps. Yeah, the lamps are love great lamps. because now you can tell what you have and haven't played. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but that way, like you just start like breaking into new facets of the game that you've never seen before. And Elaine, I know that you have been like yeah. trying to play everything. So can you talk a little bit about your experience there? Yeah, actually, I think I asked Jeff at one point, I was like, I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm kind of hitting a wall right now and I'm not improving. And his advice to me was start with lamps, like just start getting every lamp for like all of the mixes. And I said, what are lamps? <laughs> no, I guess we, the, we could describe what that is. I don't know yeah. what it is. Um, so uh, in each folder, if you pass each one, or even if you fail, you if you play every song, you will get an illuminated effect next to the name of the folder. And so, the song, too. And, and, each and individual the song. song. So I started getting lamps of just like passing songs, and I went through DDR First Mix all the way to... You stopped at like Supernova 2 or Supernova? Supernova? Too. I think I stopped at Supernova or Supernova Two because I thought those were those were my least favorite. <laughs> um, and then I got to a point where there were like seventeens and eighteens or something like that, like gimmicky stuff that I didn't want to waste a credit on, essentially. And it wasn't until just this past Monday or uh, Sunday that I was like, oh, you know, we're kind of taking a break and nobody's at the arcade. Let me swipe and. And then I ended up passing two random 17s. That's pretty good. 17s are kicking my butt right now. <laughs> <laughs> I did not do it gracefully. <laughs> so um, getting lamps, it, it really did push me into a very unfamiliar territory of playing things that are like 98 BPM, which is just awful. I hate it. <laughs> but it makes you learn, like, you need to use a calculator to uh, figure out how fast you should be reading your arrows. <laughs> Um, and also, it ended up becoming a bunch of PFCs that I never would have tried or known that I would have gotten. So it was probably the best advice that I've gotten because my progression has been mostly from like getting lamps and then just pushing my stamina. Did you have you gone back like? Do you play a song in like DDR first mix or second mix, get like a clearing lamp on it, and then come back to it later, and then was able to see that it like really improved or? Oh, what was the one that I just did? It was the one that I got uh, the... Keep on moving? Yes. Okay. I think that one was like, I think I had 20 some and now it's an SDP. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. So, That's <laughs> um, pretty good. It's great improvement. Yeah, I don't, the timing came from just like playing every single song and it, it just kind of goes really quickly as you're going through them. I think I still have maybe like three or four folders left. Um, I'm, I don't know. It's, I to me, my progression is mostly based on setting different goals so if one of them isn't going well for me that I can switch to another so if my timing is off that day instead of getting frustrated and then just playing the same songs over and over and getting upset I switch to stamina and push through it and then if I start getting tired then I push it back to like clearing lamps or something like that yeah. there's always some sort of achievement people can get and I I think people get in a bad habit of playing the same songs over and over and being like, oh, I got it perfect, or oh, I got it great, and then just stopping. 
Do you have yeah. any rivals? I I do not. This is um, it's it's a personal preference. Um, I I think people experience the game in a very different way. Uh, the way that I experience it is the game is for my own improvement and for my own achievements. Um, so if I want to share an achievement, I will share it on social media. Um, but I don't necessarily want somebody seeing my score and being like, oh, I'm going to take that. I feel like that's more of a... Yeah, it definitely feels weird. Yeah. I, I, I also avoided rivals for a long time for the same reason. Yeah. And... Yeah, I go back and forth on whether I think it's the right thing to do. <laughs> I enjoy it. I think it's uh, it's a good way to discover new songs. Yeah, uh, that's true too. Like, actually, I think, Roger, you're probably my closest rival. And so I like to go into... There's a folder on DDR Ace where you can say, Rival Loss. Oh. So you can see uh, songs where Roger's beat me on certain things. Mm. And uh, I remember going through there and seeing a lot of, you know, not clear lamps mm. and thinking like you know oh could i could i beat him on this on the first try so, <laughs> it's uh, pretty hard yeah it's pretty good, <laughs> pretty good. I, I do i do recommend this though i think like uh personally i think setting rivals is really fun mm. i think it's uh it's not a competitive thing either it's kind of like you're playing with your friends even though they're not there yeah I, so. yeah i guess it depends on the way that you view it i yeah, I, yeah do whatever I you want might end up adding a rival i had um there's a, a girl named steph who is out in the Sacramento area, and she's been improving a whole lot. I'm really proud of her. Shout out to Steph. So she asked me for my rival code, so she might be my, my first rival. Ah, excellent. So <laughs> Elaine is looking for two more rivals. No, no, no. <laughs> Way to put her on the spot. Not. Everybody's going to be like, let me see that code. <laughs> so, yeah. sorry, one, one more thing before, if we... Yeah, go ahead. Topic. I just want to point out, like, one th really cool thing about Lance is that you get to see what your score was beforehand, and seeing that improvement, I think, is actually really motivating, and it's more motivating than you might think. Yeah. Um, so, like, if you can, if you play, like, I guarantee you, anyone who's watching, if you want to get better, play DDR First Mix, start there, because it's three songs, you get a folder lamp real quick, <laughs> and then go all the way up through Ace. And then go back, to, and that'll take, like, a month. But yeah, it takes a long at, time. At the very least. But go back to the early folders and play a song after you've done that, and you will see that you went from, like, getting a 980k on something to PFC it. Like, I mm. swear to God, like, and that'll, that's incredibly motivating. Or you just, you, halfway through, you stop at Extreme, and you go back to the second mix folder and you try something new, or try something that you've already played before, you might PFC it, you might full combo it, you might do whatever that you couldn't have done before. And I think seeing that improvement, like, I always liked those milestones of my, in my own brain of being like, okay, I'm getting better. Because sometimes if you, if you're only playing brand new stuff all the time, you might have a hard time telling, hey, am I getting better or am I just mm -hmm. playing, going through the motions and not actually getting better? Um, so being able to reapply it to something you've already played gives you motivation and keeps you pushing forward. I think yeah. another thing too, if you're, if you're an old school player like Elaine, uh, go back and play some of the extreme songs because you yeah. know them already mm -hmm. and uh, you probably don't have lamps for them if you, uh, you know, play, start getting mm -hmm. serious into Ace again. That's something that helped me, I thought. Like all the all the extreme, and it's songs it's fun know. to go back and play those songs that used to be hard, and now you <laughs> dominate them. Yeah, yeah. And with like Ace timing and the uh, uh, marvelous timing and all that stuff, it's yeah. like really uh, changes the experience. So it's, sure, that's another motivating factor, I think. Um, so besides uh, deliberate practice, we also uh, want to talk a little bit about the tools that the game provides you. And the, uh, the play-to-win philosophy. Yes. Yeah, so um, why don't we start off with a question, actually. We have a, a question from Twitter. Mark Robinson 
uh, writes in and asks, what's the panel's view on speed mods? And do we use them? And what are the benefits of speed mods? What are the benefits of use or non-use to you? I mean, I feel like th there's there's like a long-standing DDR morality thing with with speed mods, where it's people people come up with people for when they first when we first started playing DDR, there were no speed mods, right? Mm -hmm. In first mix, all the way up to fifth mix, there were no speed mods, so no one used them. And then when DDR Max came out, you could change the speed of the song, and it made things a little easier. So. Some people, seeing that it made the game easier, were like, "Oh, you're making that. You're making it too easy, and I'm not going to do that. So <laughs> I'm going to be. The, I'm going to play on one X. And all the people who are playing on speed mods, you know, you guys, you guys are just cheating. Um, and that was that was kind of like the predominant view until maybe like 2003 or so, when people were like, "Wait a second, like, you know, I think once you hit a certain level of being good at DDR." You can kind of do 1x better than the players who only stick to 1x, right? So there's people who who only play 1x and they're really proud of it, which that's that's great to read stuff slow because it's a really good skill. Um, but I feel like if you're if you start to get really good at DDR, you go back and you play Oni mode and you play uh, old mixes and stuff, and you get used to playing on 1x too, and you, you end up being better at it than the people who don't play with speed mods. And I feel like maybe I should back up a little bit and say that I maybe I kind of like over-moralized that a little bit, but I think that the point is you get tools that the game provides to make you better and you can use them and you can you can not use them. And the benefits of using them are you get better scores and you get better at the game. The benefits of not using them are I don't know. <laughs> um, I would like to say regarding speed mods, I think um, if you use them for yourself, like yeah. if you know your own limits instead of being like, oh, well, I see Jeff playing this at four times speed, so I'm going to play it at four times speed. Yeah, that's, like, you also need to know your limitation. Um, I, I, I've seen some players that read a lot faster than I think they should be just by like the way that they're looking at the screen um, and that every like they're just not reacting in time I think um, people should kind of like slow it down uh, and make sure that they're doing what's correct for them yeah so if if you don't think speed mods are good for you then don't use them um, but if you think they are good for you, make sure that you're doing it for yourself and not like paying attention to what other people are doing. Yeah, definitely. I feel like you don't want to go too crazy too fast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I built up like my my speed range over mm -hmm. even over the last year of Ace being in existence. Like I used to play like 150 BPM, like three or like 3.25 was like perfect for me. Yeah. And now I throw that shit on four. Like, <laughs> I am. <laughs> I mean, nobody got time for anything less than like 600 right now. <laughs> yeah. But for real though, like I, I noticed myself even recently bumping up my speeds as I become more comfortable with songs. Mm -hmm. um, like I used to read like 170, I would never read on 3.5. And now for certain songs, I will absolutely yeah, read I'm doing on 3.5. I'm doing it too. So fast. With, with speed mods, <laughs> one thing to really consider is that it makes, 
it makes reading easier, but it also makes timing easier. So, like, when you're playing on 1x, the marvelous window is basically when the arrows rise up and they lock in with the targets, right? And when you're playing on 1x, the, the size of the marvelous window is the size of the targets, basically. And if you're playing on 2x, the size of the, of the marvelous window visually grows. So there's all this space in here now that, like, if you learn to read faster, there's all this space in here now that you can move around in the window. And the further you go, the more, the more movement you have within the window and the, the easier you can kind of lock into the song sync and things like that. I just want to clarify, though, that's not to say that playing songs on faster speed mods enlarges the yeah, marvelous window. It, it, doesn't... it doesn't make timing, like easier in that sense it's just what what Roger's saying is that visually like if a, if an arrow is scrolling at three frames per second like if, if, or if it's jumping like uh you know a certain number of pixels per frame like it's not actually going in a straight line yeah then uh or at a constant sp I don't know how to describe this <laughs> but basically uh like the the window you have where the note could be and you press it and you still get a marvelous actually does visually increase yeah. Which gives yourself some leeway. It doesn't increase in terms of the the timing, the input to the game engine, but like what you can see as a human, like you're pretty good at seeing stuff, yeah. like and you can people can get really good at reading speed mods really fast. I know I know people like people like Phil and like David League who can read like insane speeds, mm -hmm. like 750 yeah. and stuff, and you they have they to build up to that. Yeah, like, I yeah. think. I think people try to rush it. They're like, "Oh, I want to, I want to read faster." Because it looks cool. Else. Yeah, too. exactly, and it's more impressive. And yeah. girls are gonna look at me and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> but, you, do I, they? <laughs> I mean, they look at me. Well, I don't he's, know. He's on four X. <laughs> wow. Um, no, look at that. The arrows are flying so far fast. <laughs> Sorry. So, I I think if people just um make sure that they're doing it correct for themselves and then gradually speed it up. You'll you'll yeah. find that if you if you are very comfortable at like 160 BPM at times three speed and then like you start playing more and more and more, all of a sudden you'll be like, maybe I can do 3.25 after exactly. like That's a exactly month or so. Yeah. So um, I think right now I just started bumping it around like I think I'm now reading at uh, 540 to 560 and that's a lot faster. I started at like 510. Hmm. Yeah. My personal to... oh, sorry. Oh yeah. So my personal feeling about uh, speed mods, I, I think there's a little bit of strategy involved too, in, in like depending on what song you pick. Uh, yeah. For me, like I, if I'm sight reading something, I have to read it at like 0.25x slower. Mm. Yeah. You're, so you, that's that's a a must. Yeah. Mm. But like even then, like there there are some songs where I'll trip out and like uh, if I see like this, a certain pattern uh, coming up, I'll, I'll have like a mental block or something, and I'll kind of like. <laughs> freak out mm. and uh, I actually read 0.25x faster than I normally do on those songs oh, interesting. Uh, because it kind and of keeps me on edge and yeah. uh, breaks up the monotony Bre yeah. well yeah it breaks up the monotony but also it's the like it gives you less time to think yeah. about yeah. exactly yeah. so like you just gotta go yeah. yeah yeah so like there's some songs where you may, may want to do that mm. you may want to not think about it too much and then there are other songs or I feel like the patterns, I wouldn't be able to recognize it on the fly very well, mm -hmm. and I need a little bit of a buffer zone, and so yeah. I'll read a little bit slower for those, too. Exactly. So, yeah, I think the, the, the answer from the panel is, you know, depends on your personal preference, it depends on how you play the game, but I, I would say probably don't pay too much attention to how other people use speed mm -hmm. mods. Yeah, Just, if, if you're going to start using them from, from not using them at all, 
put it on 1.5. See how that feels. Jeff okay. was talking about how he played extreme Almost back in the day. 1.5 on every single song. And <laughs> it helps. No, it helps. Yeah. Yeah, we all did 1.5. I think I think I did it because somebody told insane. me to. Two yeah, was insane. Yeah, two was crazy. <laughs> but yeah, like one thing. Not only should you uh, not uh, like try to copy what other people are doing and try to find your own fit, but also don't impose on the other side of the spectrum. Like, don't impose mm. restrictions on yourself that no one else cares about or or the game doesn't care about specifically like yeah. yeah i think this is sort of the play to win mentality and i have so much i could say about this say it i will i'll try to avoid <laughs> being too uh being too like dogmatic in my views but um i'm a pretty solid believer that like the game gives you a score you should do whatever you can barring like hacking and stuff like that to get the game to spit out the score that you want it to spit out. Yeah. This means a couple things. First of all, it means that, like, I don't recalc pad misses or pad goods or anything, because, like, the game decided that I didn't do it the right way. So... So that's the score you got. The game's the arbiter. Like, I don't get to decide what judgment I get. That's the game's job. So I'm going to delegate to the game and say, did I deserve it good because I slipped a little bit, or because this, that sensor sucks and I should have been hitting a different sensor? Sorry, that, but I gotta play it again. I remember we played, we were playing, uh, like an 11, it was the, a message by like DJ Taka or whatever. And the L, I knew that the uh, the second player side at Saramonti was pretty bad at that point. So bad. And one of the L brackets had fallen off, but I didn't know that. <laughs> I just assumed, like the left arrow was just like yeah. being weird. And I MSC'd message with, um, like MFC'd, I got zero perfects and a miss. I just hit the left arrow and just miss. And I was like, <laughs> well, I guess I have to do it again. It's not a, the game didn't give me the MFC that I deserved. I know I got a marvelous. How do I know? I, yeah, I'm not the, yeah, I'm you not never the game. know. So I'm gonna just take that as a zero and a miss, and then I got them to fix the arrow, and then I re MFC it. And so it's that. So that's one side of the coin. The other side is the game is giving you all these tools to do whatever you want to do with them, and as long as there's not like a glitch in the game or a bug, then you should use them. So this applies to speed mods. It applies to the bar that exists behind the dance pad, and it exists to. And this this is where we're getting controversial. This is it applies to turn mods. Yeah. yeah. So let talk talk about what turn mods are for sure. people who've never used it. Before. So turn mods um, modify the chart. There's like op, there's tons of things that can modify the chart or modify the gameplay screen. Uh, well, it's not it's not really modifying the chart. It's more like a transformation. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So. I I using them interchangeably. So um, turn mods basically like, let's say you ch you put something on mirror. So Mirror will take all of the left arrows and make them right arrows, and all of the up arrows and make them down arrows instead, and vice versa. So, And that's an option the game gives you. Yeah, exactly. It's been in the game since DDR Max, when speed mods were introduced. The patterns are basically the same, yes. but just yeah. the, they start on a different arrow. Yeah, um, so the biggest thing is when you use something like Mirror, uh, you're always facing the same direction you would normally but your the foot you start on is different. Is if you're starting on your right foot on, normally, if you put put on a mirror, you'll start on your left foot. Um, and there's also things like left and right, which is just it's like a ninety degree turn of every arrow. And shuffle will take like basically all of the left arrows and like reassign them to one of the other columns and keep doing that for every uh, combination. But shuffle makes it so that like the combination you get can't be left, right, or mirror as well. It's like, yeah. it's distinct from those as well. And it's different every time? Uh, yeah, there's like six different combinations that it can be because of the limit. Like, it can't be the normal chart. 
it can't be the left like the chart on left it can't be the chart on right it can't be the chart on mirror so it limits some of the space that things can go in um so like for example i play dead end groove radar special on shuffle because it actually guarantees that the ending run it, there's no double steps in it mm. um, but it makes a lot of other parts harder but I mean, that's an edge case. Basically, I use like left and right and mirror and a bunch of other like turn mods on uh, on various charts. Not, it's like probably like 10 or so songs that I have in my head that I'm like, oh, I play this on left or something. Arabiata is one of them. So what, when should I use a turn mod? If I, like, when do I know that I, I should try it? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, it's, again, with all this stuff, it's very personal. Like for turn mods can help in, I think, two ways. First, they can, uh, take mental blocks away from you, like you can sort of break through them. Um, if you always get nervous, I know a lot of people, especially with like the extreme era boss songs, Legend of Max, Max 300, get so nervous at a certain point in the chart because it's been this thing that's haunted them for 15 yeah, years. I'm like that. <laughs> and so yeah. throwing it on Mirror can sometimes, like it, it, it guarantees, Mirror is like the safest one because if there's not a crossover in the normal chart, there will not be a crossover in the Mirror chart. And if there is one, like it sort of translates well. Yeah. Um, so you can throw something on mirror and uh, try to break through that mental block. Like if it's a down uh, down left like drill, and you like always miss there for some reason, even though it's not that bad normally in other songs. Uh, throw it maybe on up and right. Maybe something just clicks in you, and you're like, that's not that bad. Like I can do it there, and then you take that back to the normal chart. Yeah. And you you break through that mental block. And I've done that for many songs. I play a lot of stuff on Mirror. I, I sometimes I just leave it on for the whole game, and a lot of times it's it's not only to break up the mental blocks because I I feel like I have a lot of mental blocks, especially like Jeff said on the extreme boss songs, but also for songs that I know maybe that I don't want to develop a mental block on too early, like. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of trying to play some 17s and 18s recently, trying to get good at them. And there's some parts in them that are pretty hard. And I know that I don't want to have the normal chart ruined from doing it wrong. So I'll put it on mirror and then I'll play that. And then, you know, I'll get good at it and maybe I'll develop a block or something along the way. But I know that in the future, I can just turn mirror off and go back to the real one. So now I'm kind of like living life on mirror by default, and then going That's back to the normal one. That's an interesting, interesting use case. Yeah. But so the second use case, uh, besides mental block breakage, is to make things easier. Yeah. And I, when I say that, like, like ninety percent of the community like cringes and they're no! like, "But you're making it easier." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, but that's like everything. Like, why wouldn't you? Look, what I don't understand, and this is the play to win mentality, is why wouldn't you do everything that you can to make the game give you the score that you want. If that means putting it on mirror, go for it. If that means playing it on 3x, do it. Hold the bar. Whatever you have to do. But like, yeah. that is the point of the mods. They exist in the game for a reason. And EMUs, importantly, does not care. Yeah. So scores submit just like they would normally. I didn't know that. You can, I played at KAC. I had to play Dead End Groove Raider Special and played it on Shuffle. Konami doesn't care. Well, first of all, besides Dead End Groove Radar Special, what's an example of where a turn mod makes a song easier? So, uh... Arabiata. Arabiata, yeah. Arabiata is like, just like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, it's crossover city. So, take those, you know, left, down, right, down, left, and throw, make it a candle, like, up, right, down, right, up. And then, suddenly, you're not crossing over constantly so that's playing it on left or right either one yeah either one, yeah. Either one will will throw it make it make left and right makes crossovers not crossovers 
Uh, mm. Bamboo Sword Girl is another example where a lot of people trip up uh, the expert chart has a pattern that goes left, down, up, down, right, and then it repeats it like on the up side of things. Mm. If you throw that on left, it's like da ba da ba da. It's really easy. It makes the rest of the chart like really awkward and bonkers. Mm. But if you can, if that's the trade off that you make, and yeah. mirror or left or right, does, especially left and right, don't usually make a chart strictly easier. They make it they're just gonna make it different. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, uh, what's some, like Snow Prism? I think is an example where like Mirror will make it strictly easier because you take all Snow Prism Challenge. There's a bunch of jacks on the up arrow, and they're almost exclusively on the up arrow. Throw that on down. I'm, yeah. I'm much more comfortable hitting jacks on my up. It's the worst arrow. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just much more comfortable on down. Arrow. And yeah. so like Chris does this, I do this, yeah. Hudson does this. Um, a lot of people still have it in them, like that there are these rules like or morality that you can't uh like i can't throw it on mirror because then it's not the real chart and it's not how the game intended me to play it and i'm like that is you're yeah. you're creating a box around your skill and your uh ability to improve and like artificially like it's all self-imposed restrictions yeah the game doesn't care the game's a computer yeah all it cares about is if you got a good score or not I yeah I'm kind of I'm on the other side of the couch right. and I know I know there's tons of people that that disagree and I would love yeah. to hear if we, I mean we don't have to delve into it too much but yeah but again I think it's a uh, personal thing so you know like it's yes. it's definitely not something I would impose on other people but uh, personally I feel if uh, if I'm coming across a part of the chart that I'm struggling with and I know like left or right would make it easier I, I feel like I have to overcome that yeah like I can't just transform it to make it different. And that's fair too. Yeah. So what I'm trying to advocate for, and I think this is what gets lost in the conversation, is I'm not telling anyone you have to use turn mods on Snow Prism Challenge. And I'm not telling anyone you shouldn't use turn mods. Right. <laughs> what, what I'm saying is that you should feel like you as a player can develop whatever skills within the bounds of the game that the game provides to you. Yeah. So, like, I just get frustrated when people try to belittle like, oh, you used a turn mod. That's not as impressive. Yeah. Well, or I think it's so. not as real as when I did it. Like, so if you're if you're on my side of the couch, I think uh, a good way to go would be like you can use turn mods. You just know that that option's there. Yeah. And then, um, like, I think I would I would probably like use a turn mod to just try it and see if, if I can get it on a turn mod. And if I can, I could be like, okay, great. I have more practice to try it on the exactly on the yeah. non modified. Yeah. It's, it's just the option to. They're all called options. Like, yeah. It's just the option to try something new. Uh, so and, so even that's my message is even if you're opposed to it, you know, try it anyway. Right. See, see how it's it goes. just like if you're opposed to it, don't come down on players who do use them because. They're just using tools that yeah, the game provides. Exactly. It's like there's no like the there's a really great article and maybe I can link it in the description at some point of this video, but it's about Street Fighter specifically, and it's about how like this the scrub mentality of like oh we're playing like I'm a scrub in Street Fighter and you're an experienced player and I'm trying to do all the fancy combinations and you're just coming up to me and grabbing me and throwing me every single time you grab me and you throw me and I'm like that's cheap you know like that's the scrub mentality it's like. You can't just throw me. You have to hadouken me from far away so that I can block it and then come in with my Shoryuken and beat you. So, no, the game doesn't care. The yeah. game is just saying that you won. And it's because you did whatever you could within the bounds of the game to beat me. And so, like, just use the tools is all I want to say. Yeah, you're still hitting the notes. You're still moving around. 
You know, like you can't not move. You yeah. can you can bracket, but even that, it, that's pretty hard. That too. story is interesting in the way that you framed it too. I think because it's it's you you framed it as in like th this is something that all pros will learn eventually. I think, and I think I think that is true too. Yeah. It's, it's really what sets apart like a beginner player to an advanced I, player. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, yeah. I think a lot about DDR or any anything you're trying to get good at, you have to have a mentality that lends itself towards that improvement. And one thing I kept trying to tweet this the other day, I really couldn't think of a way to phrase it properly. But what separates pros from from regular players is that whole mentality and like. The more autonomy you take in whatever mistakes you made or whatever problems or challenges, the more you say that was my fault, yeah. not the game's fault, the more you will improve. Yeah, it's always your fault. It's always you your always fault because the, the game does yeah. not care. The game doesn't care if the inside sensor on the up arrow is undersensitive. It, I'm, like, it blows my mind that people will complain. They'll say, well, I would have gotten a great score if the up arrow was sensitive. But it wasn't. Like, that's the whole point. It yeah. wasn't. So you should have been hitting it harder. You should have been moving to the other sensors that you know are more sensitive. It, it's adapt. your fault. You yeah, have you be, have yeah. to be able to adapt. Yeah. And this, I think this goes with anything in life. It's like, yeah. you know, in, in general, you can kind of assume that all your problems are your fault. <laughs> and, lessons. and fix them on your own, you know? So we should uh, move on because we're... Can I, uh, can I, I say actually one, have a question. Sorry, I want to say one more thing. All right, Jeff first and then Elaine. Okay, one more thing. Turn mods also... Uh, or like anything you're doing, you might actually be using it as a crutch. Um, in which case, there's going to be a future chart that doesn't let you get past that crutch. I'll give an example. I'm bad at Scoobies, the, the sideways crossovers. Afternova. Uh, the Afternova runs that <laughs> yeah. start on the up. Like if, I, if it's like in London Evolved A, it starts on like up and then goes down. But if I throw that on mirror, I'm, I can PFC it. But I now have a problem where I can't if I can't change that, like in May or something, I'm screwed. And so turn mods come at a cost. I'll just say, like, anything you're doing, understand the pros and cons. Please, Aaron. Yeah, that's So I, we were talking about, like, playing every chart so you can learn, like, new technical things. Like, it, it forces you, your body to learn, like, new patterns and all that kind of stuff, not just the easy, like, eighth note kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So do you think there's value, like I, I've heard like 2DX players play stuff on random to force themselves to play really awkward things. Mm -hmm. Is that the same in DDR where people play stuff on, on shuffled? I, I think that there is value there, but I think the, the thing about DDR now is that there's so many charts mm. that like, I think back in the extreme days when there weren't that many songs mm -hmm. and once you play all of them, you, you know, you have to find some way of making it fresh. So. Right. We all used to play on Shuffle or right, right. S4R, Sudden Shuffle Flat, um, mm -hmm. and you know that I think that made us better when we were playing songs on Shuffle because you have to learn to switch your feet and stuff. But I think that only really applies when you have a small song selection. Mm -hmm. Now there's 800 songs, 700 songs, whatever it is, yeah. and mm -hmm. there's enough Shuffle in there. Yeah, that's true for that sense, for that. Yeah. The, the difference is on in 2DX you have a like. You have more fingers than you do keys if you're mm. playing a single, and no one plays. As far as I am, my understanding of double is that no one plays double charts mm. on random in 2DX. Oh, okay. So, but on single, you have more fingers than you have keys, mm -hmm. so you can hit crate. Like if if you have like a like one five and seven, mm -hmm. you might hit that with like two hands. Mm -hmm. If that's like uh, five six seven instead, you can still hit that. The thing with DDR is that you only, you have two feet and 
four arrows. Mm -hmm. So there are if you're I mean if you're a god like Chris and you can double step everything, you may have no problem with putting a fifteen on shuffle. Mm -hmm. But there are just going to be so many awkward patterns that are generated that don't actually translate to anything besides Groove Raider special. Dead and Groove Raider special. Like that's the only chart that playing crazy stupid shit on shuffle will ever make you good at. Yeah, I mean, I think it would make you good if you did it, but, you know, there's <laughs> it's, also, It's like... such a small... I, I would not recommend, like, if you want to break up the monotony of playing an 8-footer and you want to play it on shuffle, go for it. Yeah. But, like, don't play a 15 on shuffle. You're probably not going to get it. anything out of it. And it's just going to be weird, too. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, RTG on Blender. Got a lot of questions. Uh, yeah, so we have, uh... uh speaking on the topic of mods, um, so Popcornio in chat... Um, asks, what are recommendations on using Sudden Plus to help read slower sections of songs like Rapongi Evolved Version D or Healing D Vision? So, uh, yeah, I, uh, Sudden Plus is a new mod that uh, must be in X or something. Covers up part of the screen. Yeah, basically, like, you can uh, set it at the beginning of your song, you basically, like, have this, this uh, sliding, like, window that blocks the arrows, and so you can sort of shift its position up and down using the up and down arrows on the... Uh, on the game, and when if you mid song, if you press the green button, it goes away. So a lot of players will, if you have like a, a song like Healing Division, which starts slow and then speeds up at the end, uh, like usually the fewer arrows that are on screen, the easier it is to process, which is why people will use speed mods. Um, but you can't use the super fast speed mod for Healing Division because the ending is coming up. So you put the first half, like you put half the screen up on Sudden Plus, so you now only have, like, you're reading at 1.5, but there's fewer notes on screen, half as many notes on screen, it's easier to process, and then you get to a point in the song where you can hit the green button safely and go to the fast part. So that's to give people an idea of Sudden Plus is actually possible because of HD cabinets. Uh, like, a red cabinet like that wouldn't be possible, because mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have the up and down. It's actually disabled on those uh, builds of DDR. Um, and I do want to, I'm actually going to be, when we do our Advanced Techniques Part 2 episode, I'm going to go into a lot more detail about Sudden Plus. Yeah, I need to know how to use that. It's like, um, I feel like it's really hard to get down there and hit the button while yeah, I'm playing DDR. But basically, it's another thing, Turn. It's, it's kind of a similar thing for turn mods for me, where I like the strategy of being able to figure out, can I use Sudden Plus on this song? Okay, let me experiment, let me try. Uh, like, Happy Lucky Yeepy is something that I never used uh, Sudden Plus on until very recently when I was talking to Steven Ninjafar about it. He said that he used it, and I was like, interesting. There's like one long freeze that you have on the left arrow, and you can just sort of, uh. and you just, and then you're you're ready for the. It's not actually right before the speed up, but it's enough that like you get sixty or seventy percent of the song, you get to play it on seven plus, um, and then you only have to deal with a little bit of like really small arrows. Uh, so my recommendation is like, there's I can give people a list of songs that I use it on, um, like Happy Lucky Yippee, Healing Division. Uh, Rapongi version T? Do I use it on Rapongi? No, there's no safe spot in Rapongi to use it. Hmm. Uh, uh, you, you can for the ending, yeah, you can for the ending, but you can't use it for the, uh, like, you can't start the song with Sudden Plus, you have to turn it on way later. So there's actually, like, I haven't even tried that. I should try that. But <laughs> I haven't thought about it enough. There's actually, it's actually something I should really integrate into my, uh, my sessions more, is experimenting with Sudden Plus more. But basically, take a song that speeds up, and see if there's a safe place for you, like, maybe start with the uh, active and see if you can turn it off safely, or uh, maybe see if you can turn it on if the song slows down half speed. Yeah. Um, like, I thought about it for something like Monkey Business, but there's actually, uh, there's not enough time in this, like, when the slowdown starts to, to lock that 7 plus in. No, there's time, I think, isn't it? No, you have, like, 
Oh, it starts like right there. Well, no, no, there's the do 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 do. The down arrow freeze. Uh, the problem. Wait, in the in challenge? Yeah. But the problem is you can't. You can never have sudden plus active when the song's scrolling at half speed. But you can't or full speed. But you can't. You can have it not there when the song's scrolling at half speed. I, it's, it's confusing. It's hard to explain on spot. Yeah, we'll talk about this more. In the I'll have advanced. a I'll have a like a section in our next advanced techniques video where uh, I will talk exclusive like extensively about sudden plus sense usage. Right on. Okay. Uh, so our next topic uh, that I wanted to get into was um, so breadth of game knowledge. So uh, this is kind of a frequent thing that comes up, especially when people talk about you and Chris. I think is uh, breadth versus depth. Of game knowledge, and so there's kind of like the difference between. I was wondering if you wanted to explain the difference between those, and what do you think is is advantageous about um, learning the game in a broad sense? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, like I'm I'm a breadth player, I guess you could say. Uh, like I play every song. I play things that aren't just expert and challenge. I play a lot of stuff on difficult or beginner. Um, and Chris is a good example of someone who's uh, like a depth player. I would say where he is he excels at taking a chart, memorizing it, breaking down every single section, and like completely destroying it. Like a lot of the world records that Chris has are so far beyond what the rest of us have. Like he has like four perfects or eight perfect, I think he has eight perfects on Elemental Creation Challenge. And that's like, <laughs> the record before that must have been in like the 30s or 40s. And then he got 20 and he's like, that's not good enough. He got 15, that's mm -hmm. not good enough. And like keeps, he already has the record, but he keeps, because he loves the song so much and he loves breaking everything down and like really destroying one particular song. So I think there's merits to both. Um, obviously like Chris is the KAC world champion, like he's the best player in the world. So depth obviously has its merits. I think that I'm also a very good player. And so it shows that the breadth of gameplay knowledge is actually really important too. I think it helps in tournaments when a lot of stuff is moving to card draw. Where you're getting random songs you don't get to pick yep you just get like five songs and a lot of times chris asks like what's this one because it's in japanese or something and i'm like oh it's this song it has this many steps and it has this pattern at the end that i have memorized or written down somewhere that i know how to face for it or something because i just i play absolutely everything and i internalize everything and i think for progression if you're really trying to get better like like looking at someone like chris can be sort of like a trap sometimes because it's like, well, Chris is playing the same songs over and over and over again. And it's like, yes, but it's because he's so good at everything else already <laughs> that he can afford to like not spread himself out in that sense. Yeah. Whereas for a player like Elaine, I wouldn't be recommending play Struggle over and over and over again until you <laughs> PFC over. it. Like you should play some other 13s and other 12s, get good at those, and then come back to Struggle and see if you can PFC it, see if you can break through the, the, the barriers that you have set up. So, Elaine, do you think you're a breadth player or a depth player? Um, I think I'm definitely a breadth player because, like, if I if I try to go for one song specifically, I get so frustrated and I just walk off the pad. Like, as soon as I hit a grade, it's just not worth my time anymore. And I, I know that type of playing doesn't resonate with me because I just end up in a foul mood and then everybody has to deal with that. Hmm. So, um, it to me, it's always, like, if something isn't working for me, go to something else. Try a different song. One of my favorite things to do is play next to somebody I don't know and have them choose all the songs. I love this. Yeah, I, I I love doing that. I would. I, I that's the way I prefer to play. Mm -hmm. It's like 
can someone else please pick the songs? And every time I play it with Jeff, he's like, you pick everything. And I'm like, Sorry. Ah. I, I, honestly, I, I forget that you were also like that. Like, we were playing this morning, and uh, yeah, I totally made you pick like every song. <laughs> I feel bad now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I'm also the same way. I'm just like, I... It, like even as much as I know that I'm a breath player and everything, like, and I I have all these scores. Sometimes it's hard for me to figure out like what I want to focus on for a given day. Um, you know, I could increase this score a little bit, or I could try to MSC this. And given to my own devices, like sometimes I just get locked onto a song. I'm like, I'm not stopping. I'm playing Grady Six Cyber until I MSC it because I'm sick of the fact that I don't have an MSC it, and I'm <laughs> yeah. just like it's it's eating away at me. <laughs> but sometimes breaking away from it for a little bit mm-hmm. um, by having like I loved. There was a period of time where I was just like playing with a bunch of new players at Saramonte mm. and uh, like letting them pick whatever they wanted. If I had the M- the expert MFC, I'd just play the difficult at the beginner and I'd try to MFC that, see if I could get it. And it was so like liberating to just like play a bunch of interesting new charts. Like some like you know a lot of charts on difficult are still like twelves or elevens or something. Yeah. And it's like you play an expert eight but not a difficult eleven like. Thinking emoji. Like, <laughs> so there's a lot of uh, cool stuff you can like. Yeah, like, you can experience that way too. Yeah, I, I kind of consider myself a deaf player. I think. Yeah. I, yeah you I, you lock on to a, a couple songs. Yeah, I get kind of obsessed with songs sometimes. Or really I'll just technical, like technical weird ones. Like <laughs> yeah. Ones that just break my brain and make me angry. Yeah, I just like yeah like the interesting charts. I just like to think about it a lot. Uh, I'll listen to it a lot like mm. uh, outside of DDR and stuff. And I'll just get obsessed with it. And, uh, <laughs> I love being obsessed with things. Yeah, I love being obsessed with things. I Personally, I feel like this is one of the ways to enjoy the game, but mm-hmm. yeah. I do feel like um, I think a balance between breadth and depth is really good because, like, I-, I was really getting into you know, uh, getting really deep into a couple of songs, mm-hmm. trying to memorize some parts, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, yeah, you, you hit some mental blocks, you, you get frustrated, mm-hmm. and uh, I think like you know, branching out and trying other stuff is a really good way to prevent frustration and to get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I remember I came back to a couple of 15s that I was trying to PFC and uh, ended up like, you know, taking a big break from them, came back to them, PFC'd them right away. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, oh That's man, what happens. I've been trying to get this song for so long and uh, I took a break and now I... Now but, the, but part of the break is playing other songs too. It's not like yeah, there's, yeah. there's part of it which is like, oh, I'll just stop playing it for a month and then I'll come back to it. That might work too, but especially in that month if you are playing other things. Yeah. And you're really, if you're playing a lot of 16s and 17s and then you come back to a 15, Suddenly, that 160 BPM run is not that hard anymore because you're so used to 180 BPM runs. Yeah. So, like, it's all about, like, I, I think if you're trying to progress the fastest, you should be playing every song and you should, re- like, not getting locked down too much on one song because you can always, like, the skill just transfers so well between songs, more than yeah. you think. Mm-hmm. Like, how can the reason help me with, you know, uh, Confession or something like they're too disparate BPMs. They're great. They're so different. It can help. It just helps. So we, we got a question from Jacqueline on uh, Twitter. Um, what's your advice to maximize maximize improvement during arcade visits when going to the arcade too frequently can get a bit expensive? So Elaine, do you have any advice since you've been going to the arcade a lot lately? That I don't think I'm the correct person to answer this because I unload money to get to the arcade <laughs> and back. Like it, it is. I don't like to talk about how much I unload into the arcade. Like I, I this is my passion. This is what I love. Um, this is how I choose to spend my time, and it is costly. But I, I just eat the cost of it's, it. It's enriching. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't think that's the I. 
a lot of people play at home. A lot of people play um, on Step Mania, so、mm-hmm. they can study charts, understand what they're going into. So when they go to the arcade, they know they're not going to waste their money.、Um, I just I. I never practice at home. I always go play at the arcades. So actually, I've got. I want to delegate this to Roger because <laughs> Roger has some tips for、uh, Dave and Buster's. You can get. You can redeem points for. You can redeem tickets for、uh, for appetizers, uh, uh, which is food. <laughs> yeah, you can redeem redeem tickets for appetizers.、Uh, no, I, I, I think. I think so, the, the most important thing here is to maximize improvement when you're going to the arcade.、Uh, I think this is always. This is important for improving in general, but. When you're playing, try as hard as you can the whole time.、Yep. I think、That's、that a lot of times when people go to the arcade, I see I see them playing and they're playing, but they're not really really playing. You know, I I think if if you go and you play a song, tell yourself I'm gonna expend maximum effort, like mental and physical effort, to do this. And if you do that as much as possible until you leave, even if you only play like three or four games. It, it's going to help a lot,、mm-hmm. and that's it's going to make a huge difference doing that versus just like going up and leisurely, like you know, even even kind of trying but not really, just one hundred percent effort as much as possible. You'll get the best scores and you'll improve faster. Also, playing Step Mania is、yeah. is、uh, is really important. This 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 kid Max、um, in the Philadelphia area, he he started playing like six months ago. He plays Step Mania all the time. He only goes to the arcade like once every few weeks. He's 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 already passing like sixteens and seventeens. I think if you're if you're ingesting the the chart data,、uh, you're you're getting better. So if you if you can't go to the arcade, play Step Mania even if you're not playing on feet. Yeah. yeah, this comes back to deliberate practice and setting goals and everything. Like what helped me, like if if you're walking up to the machine, you're like, oh, like I might play this, I might do this. Like stop, like. You haven't set goals beforehand, yeah. And you need to say like,、uh, my goal for today is I'm going to play these twenty songs, which I've practiced extensively in Step Mania, so that they're not sight reads, so that I won't get frustrated because I already know all the crap it's going to throw at me. I'm going to play these twenty songs, and of them, five of them I'm going to PFC, and I hope to get five good,、uh, grateful combos on the other ones or something.、Yeah. Like, if like I used to write, like I said, I would print out my my DD Recall <laughs> score sheet, and I would bring it to the arcade. And that way, I could I, I was sorting by like great count, and so I could say, okay, like I want to get everything down to single digit greats, and、uh, this one I have ten on. Start off with that, okay? Didn't work. Move to the next one. I have eleven on this. Okay, try to break it down. Yeah. So like that's being deliberate and setting goals. That make like the more you're like kind of floating through your arcade sessions, you're expending money to not actually see that much improvement. So I, I think、uh, my advice is、um, shorten your warm up time a little bit. That's、uh, also start, yeah, that, start, that 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 that's、oh. something I do too. Start getting like right into hard stuff if you're practicing hard stuff,、yeah. or try actually try to MSC things like go for the songs that you're trying to MSC or the songs you're trying to PFC or the trying your songs you're trying to full combo.、Um, because another good reason you won't get any warm up time during a tournament. Yeah. So、uh, shortening、oh, your warm up time is、yeah. like a good way to maximize your time at the arcade. Uh, and it's good practice for when you、uh, enter a tournament. Yeah.、Um, so moving on, because we have tons of questions. Thank, thanks everybody for submitting. Yeah. Thank you.、Um, so、uh, <laughs> we have Zanzibar is、uh, asking about timing. So、uh, Zanzibar says, I hover around 92 to 96 on DDR Ace,、uh, for, between 14s and 17s, and 80 to 90 on ITG 12s and 14s. <laughs> Uh, he can GFC, but PFCing is really tough. So,、okay. any advice? What, what What do you say to that? Read、yeah. it one more time. Sorry, I got distracted by the puppy. 
it's, uh, so we're talking about timing. Okay. So uh, I, uh, Zanzibar says he can hover around 92 to 96 on DDRAs. I'm assuming he's talking about score. 920K, 920K, 920K yeah. got it, got probably. It. And uh, 80 to 90 on ITG, so 80 to 90%. Mason, got it, got Mason's it. asking the same thing, too. Right. Mason also asked, yeah, Beth, uh, message, or methods or charts to improve timing. Uh, worked my way up to 15s and 16s, but can't get a single... But not a single PFC to my name. Plenty of SDGs, but still can't get. Oh, wow. can I can I speak on this one? Yeah, can absolutely. I, yeah, I just yeah. broke through this. Um, so number one, it's not a bad thing to continue practicing your stamina because the more stamina you have, the more you can throw into like hitting that arrow on beat. So don't ever be like, oh, I really need to do, like I need to just play eights all the time. Stamina is going to help you in the end. This is something that. Um, I think you told me. Jeff tells me everything. So, um, I would say, again, warm up with difficult songs, get your body warmed up and ready. And then, um, you, again, you should kind of tap into the people that you know that have, like, a really good score on that, that Sailor Mercury song. What is that? It's mm -hmm. like a 12. It's like a girl with blue hair, you see the back of her. Oh, uh, whatever that was. Into the blue. Um, which is like into the blue, to the blue sky, whatever yeah. you want to But there, there are like songs that are extremely on beat that are very straightforward. Um, I'm sure he has like a few that he can throw at you. But um, the other thing is go through the old stuff. Go through, go, start getting the lamps and just start with the eights and the nines and the tens, and you will surprise yourself. If you're getting through 15s and 16s and you have great full combos, if you go through the old folders and you just start playing those eights, nines, and tens, you will surprise yourself and you will PFC something. Like mm -hmm. that is guaranteed. That's exactly what I just went through. Yeah. Did, did you do anything deliberately to work on timing? Um, my timing always was like just above average. Um, I th what did I end up doing? My friends just pushed me through it. It was a chaos. Um, John, he was like, we're going to play Let the Beat Hit Him. Was that my first one? He was like, we're going to play this one. And I think I flagged it. And he's like, we're playing it again. And then I got it. Yeah. Um, or something of that nature, like, um, which is a, a really important thing. Like, please surround yourself with positive people. There are people that will drag you down. So please, like, <laughs> Go, go for the people that are going to encourage you, give you advice, tell you what you should and should not play. Well, you should play everything anyway. But they can be like, oh, that one's a little bit off sync. Don't play that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, you Playing those, those easier songs that people tell you this is on beat, this is a good choice. Like These are five good songs you can try. Or if you're just like going to go through the old folders, you'll mm -hmm. find a song that you'll be like, oh, I got three. Like... I'm, I'm gonna play this like three more times this this trip to the arcade and see if I can get it. And yeah. then if I don't get it this time, I'll try it again next time. Yeah, I think. Sorry. Oh yeah, you go ahead. I was gonna say if you're playing on extreme, then you know the songs that everyone talks about AAAing, like Kind Lady, Freckles, Freckles, um, Let the Beat Hit Him, yep, stuff like that. And if you're playing on Ace, there's there's so many songs mm -hmm. that are, you know, in the in the eight, nine, ten range. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a PFC yet go through a few of those and it might take a few tries and by a few tries like when i first pfc freckles it took me 50 tries in a row and yeah. sometimes you just got to do that but like, don't, I don't don't i wouldn't i wouldn't let it like don't let it 
don't let yourself get fixated. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. sometimes hitting a goal might take some time, some grinding. Yeah. And when you get your first one, the other ones are going to start coming yeah. really yes, fast. Yes. Yes. As soon as you get so, the first. Yeah, one. Yeah. You, you got to break the wall. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. I. I don't think that anyone should be focusing too hard on like the specific PFC and like playing it 50 times in a row. Because mm -hmm. if you, I, I guarantee you, if you were to play 50 different songs yeah. each once, and then you went back to Freckles, you would immediately get that one. Exactly. And you'd be much better than if you played Freckles 50 times. That's mm -hmm. that's probably true. So probably like, true, yeah. I don't get fixated in like, I need a perfect full combo to like validate my playing or like my my skill as a DDR player or anything, it'll come. Mm -hmm. A lot of people ask me how to MFC things. Don't worry about specifically MFCing something. Play everything. Get your like get your MA up and it'll just happen. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of what I really liked what you said about playing harder stuff because a lot of like it's not like when I'm playing eight footers and trying to MFC them, I'm not sweating. I am because I'm expending so much energy into yeah. each step. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think gets neglected a lot. Like, oh, eight teens are stamina, eights are not. The more stamina you have because you've played eight teens, the more you can take that back to an eight footer mm -hmm. and really be deliberate with every single yeah. step. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's a focus game, a mental game, and we want to talk about mental stuff on another episode. But a lot of it is playing very like your when your foot hits like connects with the panel it's a very deliberate loud step and that's like it's accurate and you get a marvelous and then yeah. things yeah. just flow it step step harder too i would say because you'll notice also during tournaments people are stepping a lot louder than they usually do yeah mm -hmm. definitely Why? it's because it helps with timing so i'd say step louder and uh you're off saying also Unless focus on form i like i don't know if you've ever gotten to watch anybody's form, but that's how I kind of worked on my timing was watching, watching other people? people's form and mm. like kind of mimicking what they do. And if you don't that's have people nice. around you who, who have good form, there's tons of videos. Mm -hmm. Watch Jeff's videos, watch Chris's videos. Mm -hmm. Like just look at what their feet are doing and do the same thing. If you if you do try to work on your form, just realize that it is going to take time. Playing 15s mm -hmm. and trying to fix your form is not going to work. You have to reel it back to like eights and just deliberately fix yeah. your form. Yeah. Also, beware of. Uh, I, there's so much stuff to talk about here. I just yeah. So much. Uh, beware of uh, like, what's it? Local minima or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. whenever whenever you try something new, you're gonna suck at it. Mm. And like, that doesn't mean that you will always suck at that. Mm. Like, yeah. you will always, like, if, you're, if your skill is going, I'm going to try to reverse it for the camera. If your skill is going like this, <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'm going to try to use the bar now because I've never used the bar. You are going to dip a little yeah. bit. And then you will come out the other side being much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, it's breaking I, walls. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, it's very tempting to say, well, I played, uh, you know, max 300 without the bar and I got a 950k. And then I played it with the bar and I got 925. So I don't, me and the bar just don't jive. That's not how it works. It's, yeah. you, you dip down a little bit, if you kept trying, you might, you might get a 975. Mm -hmm. So just beware of those traps. Mm -hmm. Same with playing with thumbs on 2DX, I'd say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't do that for the longest time, because I, I sucked at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, my friend had to tell me, like, use your thumbs. Like, use why your aren't thumbs. you using your thumbs? <laughs> and I was like, because I suck at it. And I sucked for so long, I went back to sevens or whatever. I was on eights. And then it came out the other side with now I can, I mean, with all their practice involved too, I can do 10s and 11s now. Alright, so I'm going to go through the next couple questions quickly because we're running out of time. That's fair. Um, but so, Muhammad uh, writes to us on uh, in the chat and says, uh, asking about Endymion. How would you rate Endymion in terms of DDR boss songs? Would you put it in the top 10 boss songs on DDR? Absolutely. 
It Absolutely. sounds it sounds really good. Badass. Yeah, sounds. it's badass. It's in, a, yeah. it's in a weird time signature, which is amazing. It's like five four for a lot of it, oh. and <laughs> it's just it's got the strings, man. Rabbiton strings. Whoever <laughs> that person, it, people are. I don't know, but I love violins. That song is a banger. Now. I wonder if it's Yuichi. You think it's Yuichi? I don't know. I think he's involved. I don't. I don't. I, mean, I, don't, so. I don't. I think it's. I think it's arm, and I think and with Rabbiton strings, but mm. I could be wrong. I yeah. think it's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's I, a really good song. I love it too. I think it's it is the perfect boss song. It's I got it's, it throws everything at you. It's got all different kinds of patterns, different slowdowns and stops and gimmicks. It's great. <laughs> I wish I'll, all I'll the a, songs were boss songs. I'll do a, I'll do a BuzzFeed thing of top ten <laughs> top DDR ten DDR boss, DDR songs. boss songs. Uh, so Jared actually asked us last time and we didn't get to him, but uh, fits well with the topic tonight. Uh, trying to improve on seventeen pluses. Uh, he's Jared's struggling with fast crossovers like New Decade, Tohoku Evolved, and uh, Pararevo, Paranoia Revolution. Uh, should he force himself to crossover, or should he start double-stepping 17s? Force yourself to crossover. Force yourself to crossover? So there, I've, I've, I've not argued, but I've uh, discussed this extensively with people like Roger, um, where a lot of people are looking at like Chris's playstyle, and Chris, for example, He'll double step crazy un unbelievable. Stuff. Yeah, uh, which is 175 BPM. Chris double steps Shut the crossovers. I, I, I swear to God, he MFC'd it by double stepping the crossovers. Oh God! And people come up to me and they're like, "Is that a good idea? Should I double step crossovers at 175?" And I say, "Hell no! That's an awful idea." The reason that Chris. It's not an awful idea for Chris, is because Chris is Chris. Chris is Chris. Not only does he have his own way of doing things, but a lot of being good at DDR is learning how to do something in many different ways, and then picking which one's best for you. Mm -hmm. And the more you look at a player like Chris, so there's a little bit of a, a trap if you look at players like, oh, you want to look at form? Like, look at Chris's form. Um, that's good, but it can also lead you down a bit of a, a weird path if you're looking exclusively for uh, like Chris's form because he's learned that he can double step at that BPM because of certain characteristics about himself or how he internalizes charts or any number of things. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. I can't double step crossovers like he can. Um, but like that's because we, we both have like tried it a lot and he's come out this side and said this works better for me than it is worse for me yeah. and I'm the reverse. So. You really can't start double-stepping 170 BPM crossovers and just because you see someone could do it. You really have to learn, okay, I need to get to a point where I can cross it over, and I need to get to a point where maybe I can double-step it, and mm -hmm. then figure out which is more consistent for you. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy. Yeah, to you got to be able to do both before yeah, like, you can do before you either can of pick them. One. That's the problem. Yeah. It's like people rush so hard into like the picking phase of like, this is what I do now. Mm -hmm. But you really have to learn why. Like you have to take yeah. the journey to get to that like <laughs> realization before you can make an educated decision. Yeah, my advice I think is like uh, after you do it. Just like think about it, like kind of have a, a moment of like self-reflection. Did that work for me when I was double-stepping, when I crossed over that way? And uh, I think that, that can go a long way. Yeah. Well, the problem is you might dip down. You the might. So you might, yeah. You really have to practice. Keep that in mind. It's a practice thing, but I would go for something like do, like for a crossover, do the chart like it would normally, like you would normally do it, like crossover for those. Because Chris also has a problem where if things get too fast, like May, he can't double-step fast enough. So again, we're talking about like people like me or Chris or other, plenty of other people will use these crutches or things that look like crutches to get a, a PFC on a certain song on MFC, mm -hmm. but they don't actually uh, 
Like you're not actually learning the core mechanic that is then required in future songs. Mm -hmm. That's a turn mod thing. That's a double stepping thing. It happens a lot. Crossovers so, will take a little time. Yeah, that will take some time. Uh, so uh, I wanted to talk, uh, also mention uh, Alessandro uh, also asked, "What would be your suggestions for getting over mental blocks? I keep getting, I keep ruining good runs on a few songs because of some mental blocks." Wayne, do you have anything? Uh, do, you, do you have mental blocks? Too? I get. I guess we kind of, we talked about million. turn mods, right? So I think turn mods could turn mods help are one way. Yeah. That's one way. I guess. Um, gosh, just step away from it for a bit. Yeah. That's what I do. I had a mental block with struggle and with freeway shuffle that took forever mm. um generally just step away from it try something different work on other things don't get discouraged don't get discouraged um achieve other things set different goals and then come back to it yeah that's generally how i i get over mental blocks as best as i can if you keep playing the same songs over and over and over you're going to continue having those mental blocks and you're not going to get over them Mm -hmm. um, and you will get discouraged. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've had success with certain mental blocks that I just had to resolve, like, you know, like the Dynamite Rave jump, uh, the DDR jump, I was and, just gonna and mention a bunch, of, bunch of other stuff. Like, I think the thing that helps me the most, which I think turd mods kind of accomplish, is putting my body in a really weird and bad position, <laughs> going into a part where, you know, like, ideally you would be placed properly, right? Mm. But just like, you know something's gonna come up, put your body in the complete wrong position to do it. <laughs> and then when it comes up, you'll be forced to go from that to what you're supposed to be doing and you'll uh, you'll do something different that it's isn't that isn't what you were doing before. I'd like to try that. And yeah. that, that's what I do. Yeah. Experiment, try yeah. to find something. And I, we're gonna have an episode, I think, about mental, mentality stuff, focus, yeah. and mental mm -hmm. blocks and stuff like that. So, Look Stay tuned. That one. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So Rad Rod on Twitter asks, um, "How can I work my way around having grippy shoes? Been having an issue since he sweats a lot during mid-song and gets sweat on his shoes." Oh. Yeah, you, you. I mean, use a towel. Like it depends. Everyone's different. I know some people like sweat on the pads more than others. But yeah, as soon as like sweat starts dripping on pads, mm -hmm. I, I, I get really sticky and mm -hmm. like I can't, uh, I can't stream nearly as well. So use a towel. Use a headband. Um, but usually it comes yeah. off the arms though, I feel like, yeah. I mean, yeah, for for me, like, if I don't I was playing like Love is a Space War like thirty times today to try to see it. Because I it was I was trying to get something cool for number six hundred. And congratulations, congratulations. You just oh, got yeah. number six hundred. Thank you. I got somehow you found me instead. That's <laughs> so, such a crazy score. Uh thank you. Um but yeah, so I uh if I didn't remember to wipe my head every yeah. uh at the end of every try. I would then like hit a jump and like three drops would fall from like yeah. my forehead. So so Dalton wears a hat. Which yeah, that, think, Dalton uh, wears a hat or a headband. That's to keep my hair out of my face. It wow. might have a dual dual. Uh, I think yeah, it helps with the sweat too. Hats yeah, or headbands. Hat, hat is basically a cool headband. Yeah. I think it's a cooler headband. Anyway, but yeah, headbands help me actually. Put on the DDR helmet. I'm locked in. Uh, the, there's a uh, in my hometown. Uh, people actually used to go outside where the. Um, there's the cigarette butt uh, sand things are, and they would put their their shoes. They would put their oh feet on, on that. No substances like on play surfaces. <laughs> yeah. Use card available at the front counter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so don't do that. But uh, but you know maybe it'll help. I don't know. 
Baby powder too. Some people use that. I just I use Windex. Yeah. Honestly, Windex is nice because Windex actually makes it a little more slipperier. That's, which yeah, that's is it's surprising. People, it's it's not intuitive, but it's, it gets the sweat off, which yeah. makes the pads like back to normal. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so as, here's a fun one. Mr. Craze Dancer on Twitter asks, "I have a cute question for y'all. Would you guys ever travel around the country and uh, play DDR or any other rhythm game in all 50 states?" I mean, yeah. limited time. If, sure. So yeah, absolutely. Know, the, the cool thing about this question, I think, is that we know that there are 50 white cabs in the country, right? Yeah, but they're not in 50 states. They're not in 50 states, but it would be cool to play. It on might all be fun to go really and cool. play on every cabinet. This is slightly related, but uh, there's actually an area browser. Yeah. On uh, if you log into Emus, uh, there is a like a little thing where it gives you. It used to be in the game itself, which was really cool. But um, you basically get a little highlight of every uh, place that you've played DDR Ace or any mix. That's uh, any... so cool. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it was cool they... when this was in 2014. Yeah, like or so. or I, back in 2013 for me. Uh, I think even in X3 and stuff. So like arcades will set their location of the different prefectures in Japan, and uh, yeah. So if you play it, would, like give you like a little achievement of like yeah, you played here. Mm -hmm. So uh, there cool have been some great. players who have gone to every prefecture in Japan and then this one guy I know flew to like Hawaii to play <laughs> and he also had to fly to Canada because that's on the list now. I've played on that, that uh, uh, Honolulu Hawaii machine. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think it's crazy. This guy like got like thousands of retweets because he, uh, he posted a picture of having every single prefecture and like area that you could play DDR and he he had it. Was it DDR? Mm, thousands of retweets. No, no, it was... <laughs> <laughs> no, it was... <laughs> I actually don't so know who it was. I can try to find it, but yeah, so that's like, yeah. it's actually kind of like a mini goal in the... Uh, I'd like to do it. I think that's on the site fun. itself. So wait, there's 50 in the US? There's, there's 50, 50 white We know caps. that there's 50 white, white cabs in the US. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. So there's, but there's constraints not one. Support. Unfortunately, there's not one in every state. But well, state. The, am, the way it's counted on EMUs I'm, is... I'm very into that idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I didn't have a job or any other responsibilities, <laughs> I would definitely do it. <laughs> the summer of DDR. <laughs> so, uh, I love Tofu on Twitter asks, uh, I'm attending the Irvine tournament on both oh, days. Awesome. Uh, I don't know whether I should enter the tourney or just spectate. You should, you should enter, you should enter, Absolutely enter, enter. enter. Yeah, enter, especially since they're charging for spectators. Yeah, so don't, that was just You might as well just <laughs> enter and see how far you get. Yeah, enter, see how far know. you get. It'll be fun. Uh, ben from Twitter uh, asked, how do you guys deal with injuries? Do you see a doctor? Do you rest it out? Do you do ice? We're also going to have injuries. a physical episode, I think, yeah. at some point. We are going to talk more about that probably, yeah, during that one. But yeah. uh, I haven't had any bad injuries on DDR, but Chris has had many injuries <laughs> on DDR. Uh, you, uh, I don't think anyone on the couch is qualified to give medical advice. <laughs> uh, Go see a doctor and listen to what they say. That's yeah. very true, but I mean, I did, I did sprain my ankle. And I didn't realize it was sprained, and I just played through it. This is one of the hard things about I, having DDR as a hobby. Yeah, and I still like, and that was like maybe three years ago, and I still have to wear an ankle brace. Ooh, so yeah. you should see a doctor, don't listen yeah, to me. It's not about being old. I was going to say that I love DDR so much that I'll play it even though I hurt yeah. myself. Oh, that's that too. Yeah, I just think a lot well. of us are just... That, I stepped on a sidewalk yeah. weird one time. And, or uh, you, could, you could always just play easier stuff. Yeah. Take a break, play easier stuff. Work on that MA. It's a good way to keep your addiction uh, yeah. going. Uh, so two AIs on Twitter asked a, uh, asking a meta question. In the journey from beginner to pro, is it beginner as in can clear 15s, or as in have never played a rhythm game? I would say have never played a rhythm game. Like this, yeah. this, this advice is not for 
uh, people who can are already PFC 15s and whatever, and they're looking at PFC 16s or 17s. This like, is for everyone. This yeah. is this, this is and for this everybody. stretches more than just uh, DDR as well. This is good, pl- applicable for. Uh, pinball. It's applicable yeah, for yeah. other rhythm games. Like it's for sports. I'm sure. Like the, a lot of this is just how to get good at anything. Uh, try really hard. Try, try really, really hard. hard. And all the time. Yeah, that's right. So uh, we're gonna wrap up now because uh, we ran out of time. But uh, everyone else's questions, we'll we'll get to it in the next episode. So stay tuned for uh, <laughs> episode seven. Yeah. Um, so thanks for watching, everyone, and thank, thank you for playing. playing.